Patty and Ring with you here on Tuesday. Post-Celtics win celebratory edition. Randy Whitehouse joins us now from the Sun Journal. Randy, uh, I was really surprised and happy about last night's uh, Celtics game one. I was, I, I, I would, I would say equal parts of each. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Um, it was beautiful to watch. I mean, I, I just, I, I came into these playoffs just kind of looking at it as kind of a discovery tour to, to find out, you know, how like you know Tatum would play in the playoffs. Uh, you know, find out how some of the the new guys would step up, Morris and Baines. You know, find out how far Rozier's come. And I mean, I can't, I couldn't be more happy with with how everyone's playing and and uh, just how how hard they're playing, how well they're playing. Uh, it, it, this team is is in danger of, of becoming my favorite uh, non championship. Celtic winning team uh, overtaking the 87 team that lost in the finals to the Lakers. This is just amazing, absolutely amazing. And, and my level of of respect for a lot of the players is, is growing. When you see guys step up like this in the uh, in the playoffs, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Talking with Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal. I. I was excited about this team last summer. I was watching every summer league game, the Vegas summer league, the Utah summer league. And I was amazed at how good Rozier looked then. I mean, his shot was, was on point. I mean, the Celtics, the Celtics were basically the summer league champions, but then I go back and look, I mean, they had Tatum playing, they had Brown playing, they had Rozier playing. I mean, they're playing in the playoffs right now. So they were playing last July and now here in, in May, they're still playing, trying trying to get into the the finals. And frankly, with the rest of the way the Eastern Conference looks, I, you know, it's it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility that they could you know go be the sacrificial lamb in the finals. Yeah, uh, you know, if they go up two zero in this series, um, I'm gonna be kind of upset if they don't win this series. If they go up two zero at home, uh, you know, it'd be nice to see them win a game on the road here. Uh, but you know they've they've held home court so far, and uh, I think as the playoffs go along, I think that home court advantage is is actually going to increase. I I tweeted this out last night. I'm sure you know Bruins fans out there don't like it, but I think the best best crowd in Boston is a Boston Celtics playoff crowd. I think they make the biggest difference of any of the Boston crowds. As far as home field, home court advantage, home ice advantage, uh, I have seen them absolutely cause opponents to turn into puddles. And you know, last night, uh, you know, I, I think they really got into Simmons' head a little bit. Uh, quite frankly, and not just with the not a rookie chat. I, I don't really think Simmons really cares about that in particular. But I, I just think that that crowd somehow finds a way to, to lift the Celtics up and, and kind of get under opponent's skin a little bit better than any other crowd uh, in Boston. But, uh, you know, it, it's, I still maintain that whatever happens from here on out is all gravy, but uh, I reserve the right to change my mind because you're right. I, Cleveland isn't very good. They, they'll be 
lucky to make it past Toronto, I think, unless LeBron does something absolutely super, superhuman. Uh, but, you know, Toronto doesn't scare me. Uh, they're a good team. They've, they've done well against the Celtics, but, you know, you don't know how they're going to handle the, the pressure of being in a conference final. So uh, who knows? You know, I, I'm still wide open to whatever happens from here on out and just, Enjoying the ride and enjoying, uh, you know, finding out more and more about, you know, someone like Tatum who, I mean, I love how aggressive he was in Game 7. Um, I was a little worried going into his playoffs that even with the injuries that he was going to, you know, kind of fade in the background a little bit, be a little less aggressive and, and defer to, to people like Horford and, and Brown more. But, uh, you know, he, he sure as heck doesn't look, 19 years old out there. It's just incredible how how poised and, and aggressive he is. Uh, and I, I don't want to trade him for Kawhi Leonard. That's for sure. <laughs> what do you? Uh, you know, we were just talking about that in in the last segment because Ryan Palmer. Um, uh, by the way, Ryan Palmer totally agrees with you. He was at Game Two and Game Seven last series. It was electric. I gotta find his ticket guy because I'm thinking about going to Game yeah. Two Thursday night. Heck I, yeah. I just well, I'm going to New York this weekend. It's Cinco de Maddie weekend, so nice. so uh, we're going. I'm going. Uh, I'm going for Star Wars night to Yankee Stadium on Friday. Then I'm going to go check out the Mets on Saturday night. The Yankees are, are, also are play the, one o'clock. The Yankees playing the Twins again? Are you guaranteed a win? Uh, no, they're playing the Indians. So <sighs> there's a very good possibility that that's not going to be the case. Well, the Indians are hitting like the Twins. So yeah. The, did you look? Have you looked at the run differentials? Me and Wing went over the run differentials around baseball. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I have. It's it's ridiculous in some spots. Yeah, you're right. I have never <laughs> in my life. In fact, after last night, it's just. Because the you know Yankees got outscored by one last night. That's the difference in the in the race for the American League this year is going to be the Astros getting Garrett Cole, unless the Yankees go get somebody else, or yeah. or um, uh, the the Red Sox are able to to get a little more help maybe later on in the year. The problem with that is I don't know how much the Red Sox are going to want to spend with with yeah. you know luxury tax stuff because their $4 million trade that they make turns into an $8 million trade or a $10 million trade or whatever. So it's it's going to be a real interesting trade deadline with that. But I, I watched that game last night and Yankees didn't even didn't play judge. It gave judge a day off and two to one, Sonny Gray didn't look terrible, but apparently now Sonny Gray gets the Greg Maddox treatment. You know, he gets to pick his own catcher. So. Oh. oh no! Oh, so nice. Austin Romine has to be in there to catch Sonny Gray. So oh, that means Gary Sanchez will be DHing on those games. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Hey, incidentally, uh, speaking on behalf of all Red Sox fans, I'm, I'm willing to make a deal with you. Okay. We'll, for for the next ten years, we'll give we'll automatically give you the the Minnesota games on the schedule. You can have those wins to start the season. So you can start the season like seven or eight, no, whatever. You don't even you don't even have to play them. There's no point. You don't have to play them. Get those days off that they're on the schedule. In exchange, you guys have to force uh, Sterling and Waldman into retirement at the end of the year. You know, I've been trying that for years. John can't see anymore, <laughs> and he relies on Susan to be his eyes. And I'm not sure Susan can see anymore sometimes either. <laughs> And then here we are. Listen, they like them, and they're just going to keep rolling them out each year, each until until John Sterling says I don't want to do it anymore. And he's not. He doesn't seem to me 
to be the type that would be humble. Like oh, he's not really? gonna he's not gonna step back like a Keith Jackson or a Vin Scully and be like, you know what? Maybe you know maybe I want to step back a little bit. Like Vin was still going up until the end. I mean, Vin was Vin was still Vin towards right. the end. So I, I I don't make it sound like he died. But uh, I'm talking yeah. about the end of his broadcasting career. But I don't know. He's got to be dragged kicking and screaming out of that booth. I have no doubt about it. Look, I'll tell you right now, I would still I would still rather listen to John Sterling than anybody in the Red Sox radio network or Dave O'Brien. Holy I, mother of God, is Dave O'Brien does he get on my last nerve? I can I wish I could argue with you, but I mean I don't I don't have Ness and I you know, what what I see in Ness is usually, you know, at my mother's or something. And I I can see why a lot of people hate him. And I liked him on the radio. I know you didn't. I did. I didn't think he was nearly this bad on the radio. And he wasn't always with ESPN. He wasn't this bad. But, uh, you know, was it you that someone said that, you know, he seems like a guy who's, you know, like a used car salesman for the Red Sox? You know, what, can, what do I have to do to get you to love the Red Sox? I saw that and, on Twitter the other day. He he is all about it. He's got this, 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 and, and like every time you turn around, like the conversation could be about, oh, what a beautiful day out. And, oh, look at, you know, look at this. And all of a sudden, like, yeah, and, and then there are the Yankees and I hate them. You know, like he'll just randomly like bring up the Yankees for no reason. And it's like, what are you doing? And then I realize he's probably been John Henry. He's probably like, listen, you know, this is yeah. the. This is the this is the flagship product. I need you to be knocking, you know. I need you to be knocking the Yankees. Ain't nothing and, wrong with that, you know. It's but it doesn't like when I listen to Yankees broadcasts, they don't just randomly bring up the Red Sox out of nowhere to talk about them. Like you won two thousand four, it's over. Okay, you're on an equal pathway now. You are now the highest payroll in baseball by a mile you have you have More switched you've switched positions okay so stop letting the yankees live rent free in your head it's over you vanquished yeah, the curse when it comes to red sox broadcasters and stuff i i i really believe that tom warner or, or someone one of his underlings takes a, a really active role in that and are, are whispering over these guys' shoulders, go, yeah, you know, bring up the Yankees, the evil empire, let's talk, let's get some excitement going for this. And, and it's just, um, you know, it, it's all broadcasts are infomercials, essentially, and marketing for the team. But it's just so over the top of the Red Sox, I just, I have to feel like, you know, someone like Warner is there just saying, yeah, you know, those those Red Sox fans, those rubes, we can we can gin up excitement with them just by mentioning, you know, the Yankees in 2004. And, and you know, and it's just it's one of the reasons I've been turned off to uh, the organization the last few years. I just, I, I'm done with having my intelligence insulted. But, of course, Warner needs to be careful. Wasn't he the producer for the uh, Bill Cosby show? Yeah, he oh, was. He was a big buddy of that. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. But, yeah, um, I, I'd love to have him on a re- someone on a radio show ask him about that, but I don't think that'll ever happen. Certainly not on the... Uh, probably probably not. Guessing, I feel like... I'm guessing no. feel as though he would be shielded uh, quite Remember, a though, bit that, from that, that. That scary evil umpire is good for the red hats, though, the pink hats. They, oh, yeah. They, well, that, and that's that's who they that's who they direct the broadcast to, and have been for you know ever since two thousand four after. And that's you know, like I said, one of the reasons I don't 
I don't really watch them anymore because I find it extremely <laughs> just, uh, oh, what the hell's the word I'm looking for? I'm not very bright. Uh, uh, they're just trying to, to appeal to the pink cats, and it's, you know, I, I don't. I don't really. I want to watch a game. I don't want to be, you know, made to feel like I'm part of a cult or something. Right. That's the. Yeah. Thank you. That is the whole. Like when I listen to. Um, uh, hey, Red Sox Nation. Well, yeah. Castiglione's just. He's. He can do whatever he wants at this point. I mean, he's old and he's, he's a just, Hall of Famer. Come on now. Yeah. Well, anyways, he's old and he can just. He can <laughs> do and say whatever he wants. But Tim Neverett is almost as ridiculous. Because like he's like Dave O'Brien light. And it's it's even worse. Like I can't, I cannot. They're they I used to love listening to their radio, bro. I mean, growing up, like listening to Ken Coleman and Joe Castiglione. I mean, that was where it was at. And then watching the TV, you know, when you when Channel Thirty Eight would would simulcast on Channel Six, you know, you could watch uh, you could watch Ned Martin and and uh, and then even Sean McDonough. I mean, they had some good broadcasters at the time, but they have they have not ramped up the level uh recently and i you know when i watched when i watch padres games like you know i see don orsillo i can see why orsillo's act ran thin with them because he's you know kind of having a good time and having fun but i think you need they the the red sox need to understand that you know it's a 162 game season if you don't have some fun sometimes you're gonna lose you're gonna lose some people especially if your team's not that great Well, looking at last night i watched the other two games yeah i watched the red sox yeah 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 i you know i i follow them you know Almost exclusively through the, re- I follow the games almost exclusively through the radio, and and I can at least deal with with Neverett and and Castiglione. I mean, he's an institution. You know, he's he's been calling Red Sox games for these three quarters of my life. Uh, but you know, I knew Neverett from having the MLB package and watching Pirates games and stuff. And you know, I didn't like his voice to begin with, and I just. Uh, you know, now I, I merely kind of tolerate them, uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty sad when when someone like Orsillo is is not palatable to a to an ownership. I mean, he was, you know, like you said, a guy who you know could could kind of stray off and be kind of goofy and kind of silly, but generally was was focused on you know at least calling the games and and you know getting a getting everything right, you know, as opposed to O'Brien, who, you know, from what I hear is, you know, makes mistakes on a pretty frequent basis. And, you know, I, when people, when Orsola left, people were freaking out. And, you know, I wasn't too upset. I, I think he's pretty much an average broadcaster who relies on his press notes too much. But I'll, I'll take him over O'Brien and, Talking with Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal, sunjournal.com. Now, I know you did a lot of work on the NFL draft. I know you were watching tape. I know you had a big board. I mean, was there, was there, oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. That was a stuffed big bird. I apologize. I got the big bird, big board mixed up. And anybody on the on the board, were you surprised by anything they did during the draft? I, I feel like we should at least casually touch on that. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, how often do the Patriots draft for me? Uh, they, they don't usually. Sometimes they do, um, but you know this is this is not as surprising as, as I think some people took it that they didn't you know draft a, a defensive player in the first or or second round. Um, if Bill Belichick doesn't like the players 
that might fill a need, he's not going to take them. And even if he likes them, he's still going to consider whether it's value at that pick. And that's why he trades down so much. Um, so, you know, I, it, we have no idea how these guys are going to be. I mean, based on what, you know, what we've heard about them, it sounds like they, they could be contributors and, you know, who knows about Michelle's need. I mean, who knows about his fumbling problems, whether that can be resolved. Uh, you know, it sounds like he can be he can be the, the running back for, you know, at least the, ma- the majority of the snaps for the team because he can run and catch uh, and, you know, Outside James White, I don't think there's really a heck of a lot of competition for either of those things in the group that that they have. Uh, you know, who knows if if uh, if this guy can play tackle? Uh, it seems a little short for a tackle, but I guess he did real outstanding. <laughs> His arms are too short. <laughs> His arms are too short. Sounds like he did really well for for Georgia last year. Yeah. Um, so you know, who knows? Uh, some people were were. You know, screaming from the rooftops that, that watched him that he could play, uh, he could play tackle in the NFL. So who knows? Um, you know, obviously they're counting on you know guys from last year like like Rivers uh, to come back and contribute. Uh, you know, they're counting on Claiborne to help out. Um, you know, and, and they they weren't really looking for rookies to to try to throw in and, and fill some of those holes on defense uh, outside of the slot corner that they that they drafted. So, now, who knows? Uh, if these, any of these guys are, are regular contributors this uh, next season, I think you'd consider that a plus. But, you know, it, it would be nice to have, a, you know, a, a solid core of three or four draft picks, uh, just be able to, to be steady contributors for the next four or five years for once. Um, you know, they, they've been hurt by, by how poorly Belichick's drafted over the last few years. I know that might be here to say for, for some people, but, uh, you know, he's, he's not an expert drafter. I'm sorry. The, the, um, the thing I've learned over the years, because I love Belichick, but you cannot, under any circumstances, if you're a Patriots fan, have a draft NFL draft party because he can kill a draft party <laughs> about as fast as anybody. I, I wasn't actually watching it. I had it on my phone, and I kept glancing down saying, okay, they're three picks away. And then I looked down, they go, what? what? What happened to that one? What? What happened to that one? Finally, I said, oh, well, of course, it's the Patriots. They've draft. They've, they've uh, trade down. We traded down, down for a, a second rounder and— in 2019, they got a second rounder from the from the Bears next year. Yeah, we're talking about being be. the Masters of the that, second round. That could be a good one. They're gonna have yeah, three. He's he's the cooler. He's the draft cooler. He definitely yeah. takes the way he takes the air out of the room. He's like, the Adrian Gonzalez of the draft. <laughs> That's good. I just don't. Um, I just don't understand why uh, why everybody gets wound up about it. this. Has been going on now when the free agency started and everybody was jumping off the bridge. Maddie kept saying, "Relax, everybody. This happens yeah. every year. They don't they don't pull in those top the, free it was, agents." It's obvious to me if you look back now. Okay, if you in, in you look back in previous years, sometimes they feel the way to build the defense is through the draft. 
Sometimes they feel the way to do it is through free agency. This year, I think they felt the best way to do it was through free agency. Yeah. I mean, they got McCourty. And- they got Shelton uh, in a trade, which wasn't through free agency. They also got Claiborne, which yeah. I-, I think is an underrated sign. And they're getting Hightower back. And they're getting Wise back. And they're getting Rivers back. I mean, they're getting uh, they're basically getting their entire 2017 defensive draft class that was all injured last year, including Harvey Lange in a freak accident. Yeah. You're getting all them back this year, plus the guys that you drafted that are all developmental. So if one of them pans out great, I, I just I don't... I don't get the the level of hand wringing. And if they have a few workouts and he finds I'm missing such and such, he'll trade for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't usually like trade for a guy. Like they have those joint practices during. You know, <laughs> Happens all the time. Yeah, trade for a guy from the other team on that at some point. I mean, the the evaluation process isn't over yet, and I. Uh, yeah, you're right. It, it happens every single year, and, and people freak out. And you know, they say, "Oh, you gave up 41 points in the Super Bowl." Well, okay, you didn't have a lot of those guys that you mentioned. And yes, you also made the idiotic move not to let Malcolm Butler get off the field. But you know, we we've gone over that topic enough. It, it you know, it, it, it's not even the defense right now as it is. If you write down all the names, it's gonna look. Well, not completely, but a lot different in December and January. It's got to look a lot different, you know, with injuries and, and changes. I mean, it, I'm pretty soon I'm going to have to start trying to go down through and, and figure out who the surprise cuts are going to be in training camp or even before training camp, you know. Uh, it's, it, it, it's always uh, something that kind of keeps you off balance with them because, we have no idea what, what they're trying to build towards with that defense, uh, you know, let alone how they're going to go about it. So uh, just, yeah, like you said, just be patient and, and wait for it to things to settle down and, and see how this group forms. I'm, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be a, uh, an all-world defense based on what, what the moves that they made, but I think it will be better than, than last year. People who are saying, oh, you know, gave up 41 points in the Super Bowl and lost Malcolm Butler. How could they possibly be better? You know, those people aren't really doing their homework. No, they're not. They're not so much paying attention. They're not They're not getting on anything. So no. are you excited? It's supposed to be warm this week. Are you actually going to cover some games this week and be able to feel your fingers? I'm <laughs> I'm off today, but I'm thinking of like trying on my cargo shorts to see if they still fit. Because you know I'm gonna have to wear them tomorrow when I go to Lisbon. Um, so yeah, I got a game tomorrow, Lisbon. I'm, I'm excited to uh, to actually have some baseball type weather uh, after standing in the rain at Palmer's game on Friday for three hours. Uh, a 19-9 game against Mountain Valley. That was that was interesting, but you know at least. Uh, <clears throat> At least, you know, we're, we're trending in the right direction. So uh, hopefully the, the warm weather is going to stay here for hopefully the dry weather. That's the most important thing. The dry weather will stay here for a while, and uh, we won't be getting uh, games piled up at the end of the season. That's going to be interesting if this if this rate continues. Teams are just, just starting to get caught up, you know. Uh, but if, if we get another three or four days of, of downpours, uh, we're going to be in trouble again. So uh, it should be a, a fun rest of the spring season. Well, I interviewed the coach of Smoke Hill, and the softball coach was saying 
They haven't had a chance to practice on their field yet. Yeah, I, I did a game at Buckfield yesterday, and the coach said that that's their fifth, uh, sixth time on a field, and, and five of those have been games. They've had one practice outside. Um, you know, they they have a week off basically until their next game. And he's you know he's glad that they do. They'll you know actually have a solid week of of having practice on the field. Uh, you know the the tennis tournament. Uh, what, how are they going to figure out how to how to do seating for the individuals if nobody's playing tennis so far? There's some tennis teams that have not played because of all the rain so far. You, you know what we did one year when I was at Moranicook? They had a really good tennis team. They they uh, rented out the Augusta tennis facility there, the indoor facility, and we played a team indoors. Yeah, yeah, they just to they, get it in. Yeah, they've done that the uh, in the postseason in the in the tournament. Uh, they've had they've moved it indoors. They did over the baits a couple. They did the individual qualifier over the baits a couple of years ago because uh, of rain. So yeah, they, that's one thing with tennis. You can do that if you need to. They prefer to allow these these teams to play on their on their home courts. And those are almost well, they are always outdoor courts. But uh, yeah, you're right. They might have to start. Start moving things indoors just to get the season in. We could go in somebody's field house and have them put the netting down, and then, you know, you put some markers up. If you hit it, if you hit a baseball up into here, it's a double. We could do that. <laughs> that would be kind of exciting. Yeah, that would work. Yeah, I don't see why not. Make that make the big dome. We've all done it. We, yeah. They're veterans at it. They've yeah. all done it. We could uh, we could then save the uh, you know then we could save the sea dogs. They could fly. Oh, you know, unbelievable! Hold, hold on, Who's, just hold on, just a second. I gotta, I gotta play one thing really, really important here. Oh wait, hold on. Where is it? Where is it? Stop! Not that. Not that. It's this important. Hold on. You're listening to Sports Time Maine, WTME AM 780, Rumford, Mexico, Dixfield. Okay, now really everyone knows the station. Yeah, th- those are those are very important. You know, you got to play those things right at the top of the hour, right near the top of the hour. So, yeah, the Sea Dogs. Uh, it looks like they're finally going to be able to play tonight after three days of not being able to play because apparently their their new infield didn't take. Isn't doesn't it seem like any time we get these stories about you know like new surfaces being put on and everything, that there's always, like, some kind of complication, like, after it's put down or something, you know, like, the the, the field, the, the grass isn't taking root, or, you know, the, the the infield hasn't had time to settle in, and it's all, you know, muddy now with the rain coming in. I mean, doesn't it just seem like changing over or, or trying to improve your, your field surface is just asking for short-term trouble? It might be a long-term solution, but it just seems like that there's always a problem anytime these teams change their surfaces. Talking with Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal, sunjournal.com. Randy, I'll let you enjoy the rest of your day off. You can follow him on Twitter, RawMaterial33. He'll be back in action tomorrow. You hey, don't, be showing, don't be showing up tomorrow with a sunburn on your legs. Yeah, no. don't be. Just, you know, they remember, be. they've been covered up all winter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I apologize in advance to everyone for how uh, transparent all my skin is. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man, is that your is that your leg? No, that's my shin. Oh, I can see right through it. Yeah, yeah. sure can. Talk to you soon, man. Thank you. All right, guys, take it easy. That's Randy Whitehouse from the Sun Journal and SunJournal.com. I almost spilled my iced tea, but I managed to save it, so that was even better. 
Tabulas Daily Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios across the NBR radio network. We'll be right back. There's a winning culture when it comes to sports teams in New England. 